it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop and he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their, their, their face is like twitching. to Bigfoot Society, a podcast where we focus on cryptids, the strange, and the unexplained of this world. If you've got a story or something weird to share, send an email over to me at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And now, on with the show. All right, Bigfoot Society, you've got the privilege of talking to Tristan Yolton today. Uh, he's a Bigfoot researcher from Washington State. Uh, how's it going today, Tristan? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you got it. You got it. It's uh, a lot of people have been throwing your name around, and I, I remember seeing you in uh, Tate's, uh, I believe it was a Bumping Lake documentary uh, he did in his series that came out. Uh, a little bit ago, a search for Sasquatch, search for Sabe. But is there anything else that the uh, listeners should know about you, Tristan, to kind of set the stage? Well, uh, growing up, I, I've always been interested in, in monsters and creatures and, and Bigfoot uh, was one of the things I was interested in. But I was never I was never interested in going out there looking for it. It's just something that I like, you know, like uh I like dinosaurs, you know, and, you know, aliens and, you know, things like that. Godzilla, you know, I like those kind of things growing up. And, and Bigfoot was, you know, just another another thing that I liked uh, that I was interested mm. in. But but I never had any, you know, I didn't want to go out there to look for it. I just thought it was just something cool, you know. Uh, so that all changed for me, though, in 2015 uh, when my father heard some whoops um, coming up from this hill behind our house one morning while he was taking the trash out. And he didn't tell us about this until like a week later because he didn't really think anything of it. But he, I guess he was kind of stewing about it and maybe thought maybe it could be Sasquatch. So uh, he brought it up to me and my mom and we were like totally surprised. And, and so we decided to go up there. Me and my mom decided to go up on the hill and we uh, left a recorder out and a, and a jar of peanut butter and some peanut butter crackers. And the next day when we went up there, the the jar looked like the jar uh, looked like there was a hand that went inside of it. Like uh, you could see some possible dermal ridges on the side of the oh, wow. uh, on the inside of the jar, and possible like um, fingerprint, you know, finger uh, finger holes inside of it. Like possibly something took its hand in there and scooped it out. You know, scooped out the peanut butter, and the peanut butter crackers were they were gone, but they looked like they were opened very neatly not like you know ripped open like some kind of like a bear or something would do it it kind of looked like somebody carefully opened it and took the crackers out and ate it and the weird thing is the most weird thing is this uh i had this recorder um strapped to a stump with a bungee cord on it 
And when I went over to it, the the recorder looked fine. It, it looked like nothing touched it. But when I went home and listened to it on the, on the computer, uh, about an hour after we left the recorder up on this hill, and it, it, it became dark, I, I would say about an hour later, something came in and... As you hear on one of the recordings I have, uh, you'll hear it eat the food, and then it, I guess it sees my recorder and comes over to the recorder and starts growling and messing with it, fumbling with it. I, and, I mean, the thing is, I, there's no marks on the recorder or anything like that, so I had no idea that occurred. Wow. And, you know, I, I've left recorders out in the woods before, and I've had bears take them and, you know, chomp on them and eat them the, you know, oh, wow. eat them the bits. And this, whatever this thing was, didn't do that. So that was very strange to me. And, you know, it, you know, was that a bear that did this? I have no idea, but it, it's not the same kind of behavior that I've experienced with other recorders. So it really makes me wonder. And um, also on the recording, there's this really loud, uh, at the beginning of it, there's a really loud humming, humming feedback kind of a sound. And I don't know if that's a moth going by or something else, hmm. but some kind of weird interference that just, you know, goes by the recorder. And then a, a few seconds later, you'll hear a, a wood knock, a possible wood knock in the background and a whoop. You'll hear that. And then uh, about 30 seconds later, that's when you start hearing this thing start, you know, coming in and start eating the food. And then you'll hear a loud, really deep growl or it goes, Ugh! Like, it, I guess it sees my recorder, and then about a few seconds later, that's when you hear it come over to the recorder and start really growling and messing with the, you know, fumbling with the recorder. So, and, and then it, after that happens, it just, it just leaves. It just stops what it's doing, and it just leaves, and there's just silence. So, um, again, if it, if it was a bear, I, th I would think the bear would really try to, you know, try to eat it and scratch it and chomp at it, but... My recorder was intact. There was no scratches or teeth marks or anything on it. So that really perplexed me. And, and to this day, I have no idea what, what that was. But with some of the sounds that you can hear on the recording, such as uh, such as the possible wood, wood knock and a whoop in the background, mm. makes you wonder what was going on up there. That so. That is really weird. And that, you know, I have listened to all your, your audio. As it turns oh. out, that's... Not one of the ones I had queued up, but what I'll do it's is I will me. actually play that at the end of this interview so that listeners can hear that one as well, because it is a it's an interesting uh, one. And uh, but you'll have to wait until the end of the interview to hear that one, because I want to make sure you hear that one as it was sure. referenced. But um, let's give listeners a little bit of uh, context as to. Uh, so in that area where you had those Bigfoot interactions at the beginning, uh, can, are you comfortable with, uh, you know, maybe a certain region of Washington that you were in to give context for the listener? I'll just say it's, it's near the cascade cascades, ah, cascade okay. range near the mountains. Sure. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not near the Olympics or anything like that. Like where the Olympic project is, it's mm. like totally near the mountains, you know, mountainside, so, and that's the thing too, like this area around where I am, it's surrounded by forests and mountains everywhere. So it's mm. the possibility of a Sasquatch being around is very, very high, in my opinion, very possible. And, Absolutely. Uh, what I, what I, 
what I think is happening or was happening because I don't I don't even know what if they're still going on up there if that's what they are you know, if that's what it was but we were thinking maybe this this hill was a travel route for them and maybe they're going to and from you know like every night or every few days or something like that through there because they mm. you know there's no there's really no at the time there's really no development up there uh there was you know it's just pretty wood pretty much woods up there and there's a there's also a stream up there so maybe they were they they felt comfortable and you know traveling that as a route every night or you know whenever they wanted to during you know during the night without being detected Absolutely. or being seen by anybody and uh one one other thing i want to mention about my dad's encounter if you want to call it that is sure. uh after what well, the thing is he was taking the trash out in the morning and then he was going to go to work so on his way to work down the, down our road here, he saw a herd of elk standing in the middle of the road, and they were all looking up towards the direction of this hill up here. Mm. So they must have they must have heard those whoops that my dad heard, and maybe that spooked them. But my dad yeah. actually had this. My dad had to drive around that herd of elk that was standing in the road. So um, he thought that was very odd behavior to see them, you know, do that. You know, to be focused on the hill up there. So, oh, I don't absolutely. know, man. Yeah, I I can't say for sure that that was a Bigfoot, but um, really makes you wonder, though. It, it does, and there's a lot of things from that account that definitely make that makes you wonder mm-hmm. what was what was going on there for sure. So after that, it sounds like you kind of really got interested in the whole Bigfoot thing. Is that right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, it, it, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty shocking to me because, you know, after all these years of living out here, I never had a clue that, you know, if, if Bigfoot exists, that they would probably be right, you're right, you know, near where, where I live. Mm. So, um, that was a huge shock to me and that really got me interested in maybe I should start investigating this more. And, um, you know, the audio, of course, hearing the audio just really, that really started it. So, um, so yeah, f- uh, after I did that, um, I started I started checking around. Like uh, I started looking on 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 websites for sightings and and Bigfoot groups. And um, I won't say the name, but we did get in contact with the Bigfoot group, and we started searching with them for uh, for a few years. Uh, mm-hmm. I would go on campouts with them, okay. and um, that that kind of t- that was able to teach me, you know, some more things about what's going on out there, possibly. Uh, but unfortunately, I haven't really. Uh, I haven't really experienced that much uh, with that group, but uh, they did teach me. They were able, but but uh, but going, you know, uh, but being part of that group though, it did teach me, you know, uh, things of what to look for and maybe how to approach um, some of my research. Oh sure. But in terms of experiences, though, I haven't really, to be honest with you, I haven't really experienced that much with the group. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so it's mostly been on my own kind of um, research is that where I've been able to where I've been able to collect things mostly. Um, but I will say there's been some times where I have collected some audio like at, like at Bumping Lake. If we would go to Bumping Lake, I would collect some audio there with them, you know. So. Um, so, yeah. So talking about um, Bumping Lake, which if you're in the Bigfoot community, that's a buzzword area that's been going around uh, quite a bit over the last few years, depending on, you know, who you're keeping in contact with or whose YouTube channel you're, you're listening to watching. Um, 
Can you describe uh, the Bumping Lake area? From what I know, it's it's an, a lake that is to the east of Mount Rainier, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, roughly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very high up in elevation too, like 3,000 feet or so up, up in elevation. Um, there's two ways you can get there. There's one way through Yakima, from Yakima to get there, and there's another way through to get there um, called Chinook Pass, where you have to go up. Where you, be, where you basically have to climb up this pass, like up this mountain, mountain to get there. Basically, um, for me, for me, it takes almost three hours to get to Bumping Lake, and um, the Bumping Lake Road itself, like it will take you forty-five minutes to an hour. Well, actually, forty-five minutes just to get to the lake itself. It's a long, the main road getting there is a long road to take, and then um, just some campsites. So here's the thing. The Bumping Lake is very huge. It's a very huge lake. And uh, there's some camps, there's some primitive campsites behind it towards, you know, there's a there's a dirt road behind it, which leads to these primitive campsites. And uh, that's where we like to go in terms of our, you know, our campouts, because it's it's away from the lake. It's more towards the mountains. And there's there's an art there's some RV camp spots right next to the lake, and that's that's where a lot of people you know congregate and populate there. And we try to get away from that as much as we can. And obviously during the summer it's very popular. I mean it's you'll see a whole bunch of people out there, you know, fishing and rafting, doing all the all, all sorts of stuff out on the lake. So, um, but the surrounding area of Bumping Lake is just a forest and mountains. And mm. in my opinion, it's perfect habitat for these guys. Like though, there's elk there, all sorts of, all sorts of wildlife, and of course you got the big lake, the source of water, and there's also little creeks and streams around, and a lot of woods, a lot of high peaks and everything. Like it's it's perfect for these guys to be there, and uh, yeah. Are there uh, reports going back? pretty far of seeing Bigfoot there or is this a thing where it's just more recent times that people were realizing that there have been uh Bigfoots or Bigfoot uh seen and heard in that area? Well kind of like what you mentioned like Bumping Lake has been uh it seems to be more popular in the past few years but uh from what I understand like it's been it's been kind of like a secret area for a lot of Bigfoot researchers. You know, not not a lot of people know about it until maybe the past couple of years. But I guess that's because more people are hearing about it and, you know, taking more people up there. Kind of like what happened with my Bigfoot group is that they took us up. Right. So it wasn't really it wasn't really a well-known thing everywhere. It was just more kind of a secret area for a lot of the, I would say, maybe Washington researchers. And uh, as far as I mean, as far as how far back I I mean. It could be back from the 80s and 90s from, from you know, from, from what oh, wow. I know. Yeah, there could be a lot, of, you know, people, I I know people going up there for years. So it could be, you know, reports could be stretching, you know, from years back, possibly. Mm. So I bet if you, I bet, I bet you can probably, you know, search for reports dating back, you know, back then too. So. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. You know, if you know, if you know where to look for those, you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So. Let's talk about, um, so going over, you know, I was looking through all the files and folders you sent over and from what I, one of the things I got right away is that you've been studying, you've been researching this 
area and gotten evidence out of it for multiple years. Um, there were folders, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022, right? Have you had any uh, interesting encounters um, or uh, what what kind of things have uh, have come out of your your time researching in the Bumping Lake area that that you consider interesting when it comes to Bigfoot research? Well, I, I guess the main thing for me at Bumping Lake is um, gathering audio at these primitive campsites. Mm. Uh, as I named in some of the folders, there, there's one called California Camp. There's two main for for me. There's two main camps that I go to um, that that were introduced to me uh, with my Bigfoot group that, that I was going with. One is called California Camp, and another one is called Rock Camp. And the interesting thing about those is that they're they're a mile apart from each other. They're not that close to each other, but they're still very far out there. They're very remote, um, primitive camp spots. And uh, Rock Camp, for example, was very popular with the Bigfooters. Like I, I've gone there, and I've seen other Bigfooters camp there. So it's a very well-known spot. And um, I know, I know that Bob Gimlin, um, he's been there before, and he's had some stuff happen to him there. Oh, really? Uh, That's cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's a very, it's a very popular spot. And uh, but yeah, they call it Rock Camp because it's. It's a it's a camp that's kind of it's a, it's like a circular circular camp that's surrounded by some high some high cliffs and peaks behind it and there's a rock a big rock shell behind it and um, but I guess that's where they got rock camp from I really don't know for sure but gotcha. that's what I'm assuming why they call it rock camp I, and for me that's the majority of my Bigfoot audio if you want to call it that has occurred at this camp uh, there's like a little hill. Um, above there, there's a within this big circle there's a camp there's like a main campfire and behind it there's just a bunch of woods basically and then there's like a rock shale and then that mountain mm. peaks behind it all surrounded by woods and if you and if you if you watch tate's documentary you'll see some of you know you'll, you'll see some of that and the thing is uh i believe that if the sasquatch is there they are coming down from that from that mountain mountain peak and rock shale and they're coming down to this hill that's right above our camp and they're watching us, uh, you know, at the campfire or doing whatever. But I think they're up, I think they come down and watch us from this hill that's behind us. And, uh, I possibly that think they're juveniles. Sense. I possibly hmm. think they're juveniles. Cause I, when I put an audio recorder up in this hill, I've gotten some, I mean, as you, you probably heard on the audio, I've gotten some weird language kind of, you know, sounds and, you know, speech yeah. and chatter and, and stuff like that. And, and that's not us. We're not making those sounds at the campfire. That's, I mean, I, I have these recorders pointed at the woods and there's no campers behind us. That's all woods uh, back up in there. So um, some, something, something's coming down and making those sounds, man. And uh, I can't say for sure it's Sasquatch because wow. I didn't see it, but something is making those sounds. And, and yeah, I, I personally think it could be juveniles doing that. That's Before we opinion. get into some of the audio, just to just to clarify, how far away from other? Well, so you've got the California camp and the Rock camp. You said are a mile apart from each other, right? Yeah, yeah. Those camps are a mile. 
uh, it, so there's like a dirt road, right? There's a all there's a it's it's a bumpy dirt road. It's really it's not paved or anything like that. Like it's okay. it's really rough on it's really rough on your tires. I would I've seen people go through it like crazy, but they shouldn't because they'll they'll pop a tire easily. It's a very these are very primitive campsites, and yeah, okay. some of the campsites are a mile apart. Others are like maybe across the road, but still still you know a little ways away from each other, but. Uh, like I said, like this rock camp, for example, there's no campsites behind behind okay. us there. So there's no way anybody can come through there um, from behind. Got and, it. You know, yeah. And, and, and again, I'm getting like some of, the, some of these sounds are happening way late at night, too. So who the heck and, is out there yeah. behind us doing that? That's what I'm, I'm curious as to the con. So you listen to some of these sounds and I'm like, I got to have the context in the story behind these sounds because some of them are wild man let's go ahead and uh let's let's start with one of them uh i'll play the sound first and then you can give the story behind it so here we go That's cool. so wild, dude. So, uh, so that wasn't recorded at Bumping Lake, which is fine. Uh, that okay. is that was recorded at an area um, about an hour away behind my house. Um, That's behind a, your house. Well, it's like an hour away from us. Yeah, there, there's oh, okay. a yeah. It's not like right behind. I mean, there, there's a there's a forested area where there's logging that happens. About well, it's like. Warehouse used to be behind us back here, and somebody else bought them out. Uh, but it's mm. just, it's a big l- lumbered forest area that you can, in some spots, you can only get in through a permit. There's some gates with, you know, you have to have a permit to get in. And sure. th- this this area is one of those. Uh, it, it I'll just say it's near a lake. It's it's near a lake, uh, behind one of these permitted gates. And uh, my mom and I went went to this spot one time. And we were just researching. Oh, well, the thing is, uh, we've camped in this spot before and <laughs> we've had, I've had an audio recorder in a tree next to our truck. We camped in a truck one time and I had an audio recorder on this tree next to our truck. And during the night, something was throwing pebbles at our truck and you really? could hear a whoop. <laughs> yeah, you could hear a whoop too. Oh my goodness. So, so uh so that really got me excited <laughs> and there was another time and I, I told this on joe's show but uh there was another time i camped there uh in the same truck and i put a recorder out in these woods here near this lake and about three o'clock in the morning i woke up and i said you know what i just want to get the hell out of here so i'm gonna go out there and i'm just gonna get the recorder and come back and we can go home so okay. So I did that. And the thing is, I didn't have a flashlight on me or anything like that. I just had the moonlight. So I just followed the moonlight to the recorder into these woods. And when I picked up the recorder, as soon as I picked up the recorder and turned around, there was a loud growl behind me. 
And no way. It scared the, it scared the hell what? out of me. And I did not look behind me. I just stared right ahead and I walked oh my all the goodness. way back to my truck. All the way back to my truck. And I got in my got in my truck and my mom saw me. And the first thing she said was, You're as white as a ghost. And what I said wow. was drive. All I told her was drive. And we got the hell out of there. Uh so that <laughs> so that really freaked me out and that that helped you know that helped um get some interest in this area. So she so that recording that you just played, uh she and I went up there during the daytime and uh on her way out I did a really loud whoop and I was uh uh let's see uh, where where I was when I did the whoop I was um away from the lake but close enough you know for the sound to carry across the lake but I couldn't hear sure. from where where I was I can't hear anything coming from the lake so that whoop response there's two whoop responses you hear in it uh those I couldn't hear uh th- those were on the recorder when I listened to them so uh and the wood knocks okay. the wood knocks uh the wood knock sounds that you hear uh were me doing that so those okay. two whoop responses you hear you know after my initial whoop and then you hear the oh, okay whoop, got whoop. it got it got it the two whoops was something re- in response to me those two whoops there uh and then like so yeah my there's my initial whoop and then you hear the whoop whoop wasn't me. Wow. And then I did the knocks. I did the three knocks. And then you hear one more whoop, which, which, which was kind of like a buildup. It goes, whoop. Yeah. You know, like that, that last wow. whoop was like a buildup kind of a whoop. And that so wasn't me it was or your, anybody. You first, then your knocks, then two whoop responses. No, it, it goes like this. It goes, my first whoop, I go, whoop. Yep. And something goes whoop whoop, okay. and I again I didn't hear that in person. I didn't hear that. Wow. And and then because so that's the thing. I didn't I didn't hear a response. So I just said, well, maybe I'll do a wood knock. Maybe I'll get something. Uh, okay. So after so there for me for me it was silence after I did my, my my initial whoop. So I did three knocks, and then that's when you hear th- that response again. The build up response it goes whoop whoop. Let's you listen play to it again. again Go for it. Yeah. Now that we have the story, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. What what was your response when you heard that audio recorder and you heard the responses on there that you hadn't uh, heard in real life? Dude, it was total wow. Like, where the hell did this come from? Because I didn't hear that in person. And, and and there was nobody else out there with us, man. It was just me and my mom. So it was shocking. Total shock. Like, where the hell did this come from? Because I couldn't hear it from where I was. So where where I had the recorder put where I had the recorder placed, I guess it was closer to wherever this thing was so it was able to the recorder was able to pick that up but i couldn't hear with my own ears so 
maybe the recorder had to amplify, you know, maybe it amplifies sound. So maybe that's why you hear it better. But in person, man, I couldn't hear any of that. So that's why I did the whoop and then the knocks, because I was thinking, well, if I'm not going to get a response with a whoop, maybe I'll try some knocks. It, so it, that really so cool because it's like, yeah, they're similar, but the response one does ramp up. And yeah. it's like, oh man, it's hard to describe, but it's very cool. Yeah. I've you know, only I, ever I do... heard something like that at the zoo in the Gibbon area, which is weird. Yeah. yeah, right. And that's the thing, like, you know, that wasn't my whoop you heard the second time or third time. Because I my whoop's yeah. like, whoop. But this thing, like, the, if you listen to it more, like it sounds more natural, like a more natural kind of a whoop sound, like you know, oh, something that something that's different than me especially like that ramp like like you're talking about that third one when it goes yeah. whoop, you know i wasn't doing that wow so, yeah that's awesome dude that that's legit that's legit i if yeah. i had heard that uh, i would have gotten i would have gotten that's that would have been cool stuff um let's go on to another one and this is sure. um uh, this is the drumming one i'm I'm really curious what this I'll play it for you so you you remember and then I'm just curious what the story is behind this one. Okay. What's the story there? Oh yeah, I remember that one. Uh that this was at Rock Camp. And um, me and, and me and some um, fellow researchers were at, a, were at a campfire, and that's the thing too. We like to make some noise at the campfire, try to hopefully bring okay. them in. That's our way, you know, you know, uh, using drums and instruments and talking and laughing. We were hoping that will bring the Sasquatch in, and um, and so what happened on that one night is I I had the thing is I always have my recorders placed up on this hill behind camp, but either. Uh, just a virtual, uh, just a digital recorder, or with a with a parabolic mic as well. I I got a parabolic mic a couple of years ago, so I've been using that more. Okay. But, uh, for this recording, I think I had a Tascam uh, recorder for that, and I just had that strapped to a tree, and I had that pointed towards the mountain, towards the woods. And mm. and that's another th- that's another thing too. I place I place these recorders pretty far up on this hill and into the woods. I try to put them away far away from camp, you know, as possible. But, you know, with the surrounding area around us, like, you know, any sound we make at the campfire is going to kind of echo around. So I'm going to pick them up. Um, But if you hear in the beginning of that, of that recording, you'll hear like a female voice and like a real deep male voice closer to the recorder. And I don't think that was one of us making those sounds. You know, like that last, that last sound where it goes, you know, yeah. the real yeah. loud thing. Yeah. That wasn't us, man. Like, you don't know anything, what that is. No. Anything close Whoa. to the recorder, in my opinion, is something that's close to the recorder, not us. Oh my goodness. That's what I'm saying. Like when you're when you hear those voices in the like those far off voices, like it sounds like somebody's singing. I think that's one of us at the campfire. But when you hear something close to the recorder, like there's a there's yeah. a female voice that's kind of that's close to the recorder. And it's saying something that you can't even understand what the, what she's saying because it sounds wow, like, a different, yeah. like a different language. And then you hear like a male response to that, I believe, towards the end of it, that real deep rah, rah, rah mm-hmm. sound. 
and again that it sounds like a language that doesn't sound english or anything to me so uh wow i i think they're conversing if it's a sasquatch i think they're conversing with each other while watching us at the campfire so yeah you you hear us singing and stuff in, you know drumming in the recording as well but if you hear some real you know close okay. voices i think that's what could be sasquatch possibly all right let's listen so to that again then that's that's some good context here we go that's weird yeah oh, so man, it, that is weird did, so did you hear that female kind of voice in the beginning yeah and it sounds yeah. like a it sounds like a different language though to it right it doesn't sound like any kind of english it, yeah, it's kind of hard to explain but it's uh <laughs> it, it it just sounds like a, some kind of odd native language to me and um <sighs> and that response you know that was a real deep response when it goes about it's weird man yeah yeah oh so uh, yeah roughly how long ago was that uh that might be from 2000 i i don't know if it's dated on there but it might be from 2020 okay um i've been i've been yeah the past couple of years i've been getting a lot of audio up on that hill every time we go there okay um, in fact i even got some during tate's um expedition as well i think i included those in in your folders hmm. but on the on the last night we were there with tate paul graves is playing his guitar and singing and then up on the hill there you you get a couple of response stuff happens like there's a there's something that goes whoa whoa and then you hear like a wood knock or like a whack sound <sighs> now we're the real funny thing about this stuff is that we don't really hear the we don't hear the stuff in you know at the campfire this is all That's on the recordings true. uh there there's been a couple instances though and uh i don't know if i, I can't remember if i included them in the files but we had a friend at the campfire one time and he went, whoa. And then on from the hill behind us, you can hear something mimic him twice. And I actually really? heard that person. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if I I can't remember if I have that in your audio recordings that I sent you, but yeah, that's I don't remember that one. Goes, or maybe whoa. I just didn't know what it was at the time. It's all good. But that's one um, of the things we've heard at that campfire is, you know, like those wow. kind of responses. So um Again, I, I again, if these are Sasquatch, I think they're juveniles coming in to watch us and messing with us. It's That's almost like you need you need a way to do like a live monitoring of the audio that's being captured in your camp at the yeah. same time that you're recording. I don't know if there's even a way to do that. Like that's cheap enough for you know for most Bigfooters, uh, myself yeah. included. Yeah. I'm, um, I mean, I, I I've thought about camping up on this hill, but I'm kind of afraid to. But at the same time, I kind of want to do it now, just to see if something happens or if I see anything. Because, uh, well, I don't know, Tristan. You know, if you don't, you're going to be regretting it for the rest of your life. You're when right. you're an old dude, you're going to be like, I should have done it. You know, like, dude, you should do it. That would be why. Oh man, I probably should. But again, like, is that going to deter them? I don't know. You know, maybe they feel well, comfort. Maybe they feel comfortable on a hill. So if I go up there and actually stay up there, maybe I'll scare them off. So I don't know. Or they might feel threatened. I mean, you never know unless you try, right? Exactly. You yeah, unless you try. 
And, and yeah. another thing I want to bring up is that um, there's been some forest fires up up in Lake the past couple summers. Oh, and really? So that I think I think that might have just disrupted some things. So and that's the other thing too. Not every time you go there, you're gonna get something. And so that you know, I think everybody should know that is that don't always expect to get anything every time you go there. It's always like, it's you know, it's like the it's it's just luck, you know. And 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 also real quick, uh. That recording I sent you, the thirty-minute one, the one I played yeah. on Alex's show, the chorus. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a California camp um, a couple of years ago. With, okay, it was just it was just me, and my mom, camping there, and at two o'clock in the morning, these things started going off, and it woke me up. But unfortunately, her hearing isn't the best, the best, or she couldn't hear it in person. But I'll okay. tell you, man, like the recording doesn't do it justice. It was so freaking loud. Mm. And wow. it was coming from different directions too. It wasn't coming from one source. Oh my so, um, so I, I don't know what it was. I, I can't say for sure it was Sasquatch, but um, in my personal opinion, it's either Sasquatch or somebody making those sounds. It's I don't think it was any other animal out there because it, it sounds you know they sound like they sound like some kind of vocal like some kind of vocal track making those you know. Um, you know, like a human so way crazy. doing that. So what, uh, what Tristan is referring to is, um, he was, if most people are going to be aware of who Alex Petikoff is from beyond the trail, uh, he used to have a, um, interview, uh, YouTube series, um, live stream. And, uh, Tristan's been out two times, uh, correct. Two different shows. Yes. And you were two able to play. Shows. A lot, a lot, a lot of the audio on those shows. So after this one, head on over. I definitely recommend you head head on over, listen to uh, the two Tristan episodes on Alex uh, for even more sounds. Um, what I have next is when I saw these two sounds, I was excited to hear the story because I have a story that is very uh, close to those sounds myself okay. as listeners will know but I'll, I'll play i'll play them and then uh we'll get your story here so go ahead so those are recorded at rock camp uh behind um again up on this hill behind us uh i i just have these recorders out man they're just pointed towards the woods behind us up on this hill and yeah, these zipper sounds. I've 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 actually captured these in different spots as well. There's been a couple other spots I've been to that uh, that I've captured zipper these zipper kind of sounds. And so I oh is it Sasquatch? Goodness. I don't know, but I, I've heard other people <laughs> talk about these kind of sounds before as well. So um, how far away is your recorder from camp approximately? Um, let's see up on this. I mean. Wait a minute. We're talking yards. It's not like feet. We're talking yards up 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 on the okay. snow. I, I'm okay. not the best with distance, but I'm I'm telling you, it's not that close. Like you, I walk up yeah. pretty far in there. I pointed it in the woods, and I just let it run. And then you get these things at you know one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning going oh, off. My goodness, on their own. And like I said, I've heard I've heard those zipper sounds. I've recorded those zipper sounds in other areas as well. So I think there's something going on with that. You know. Obviously, you're not. Are are you leaving, unzipping your tent during those nights? Um, no, the, okay. Well, the, 
but these aren't near the those aren't these aren't near their tents, so they wouldn't even capture those kind of sounds. Yeah. Okay. So here's the weird thing. So I, I'm just going to give you the summary real quick, Tristan. Sure. So when I went on out with Tate in the Iowa episode of that documentary series, we had my recorder about. I mean, it was it was far outside the campsite. It was not near the tent, and I didn't leave my tent at all that night. And at around three forty-five, I get a sound recording of what sounds like a tent zipper. It sounded just like that. And um, I've been, I mean, I've heard similar stories, but like nothing as close as the story you just told me of that you're capturing these zipper sounds, not even close to a tent outside no. of the camp. That's wild, man. Yeah, man. No, it it, like these wonder. are far these are far from my tent. So um you know I, I I figured it's just some kind of way of conversing with each other and you know some kind of communication that they do if it's them. Wow. And and like I said, I've heard this in other areas too. Uh, I've captured it I've captured that same exact sound in other areas. So um, it makes me think it could be Sasquatch. But again, you know, you don't, you can't see what's making it. So it makes you wonder. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't, you know, I didn't know about that. That's interesting. I haven't heard very many people tell me about, you know, that well, I've heard the same thing because I, I haven't really heard that before from other people. So that's interesting. It messed with me for, for quite a while, Tristan. And still, until I heard in a few other interviews I did with random people how they've experienced, the Sasquatch unzipping a food container at their camp and also um, a Sasquatch uh, unzipping a tent mm. that a female mm -hmm. was in out in the Pacific Northwest somewhere. But the, yours is different because it's obvious that it's making the sound because it's not close to camp, which kind of makes me interpret my, my story in, in a way too. But uh, it's just very interesting to think about. So thank you for that. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I've wondered the same thing because, you know, the more you listen to it and the more that I've listened to it in other areas, I'm starting to wonder, if maybe it's just not a mimic of some kind. Maybe it's it's, mm. it's some kind of communication that they do amongst themselves. Definitely. Um, I also have a record. I don't think I put it in, in the files. I apologize. But I also have a recording where uh, <laughs> where the, uh, there's a scene that comes out to the recorder and it makes a really loud whoosh sound with its mouth it sounds like it makes it with its mouth and then you hear it start oh, wow. talking you hear it start talking with something else but it's just funny when you hear this weird loud whoosh, like whoosh sound that it makes with its mouth and that is intense so i don't know what that's all about it's pretty loud too i <laughs> I, I guess i should have put it in with the other files but i just have so many that it, it's a lot like yeah it's a lot listeners you just have to imagine the most Bigfoot files you've ever seen. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, that I've been recording since 2015. You know, I've been going out oh, there. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I That's why I have so many files. And that's the thing, too. Like, I, I recommend people record all the time as much as as much as possible. Because even, even when you're around, like, you won't even know. Even if you can't hear anything in person, that doesn't mean the audio recorder won't capture anything. That means. That's true. I, I I've able to I've been able to capture things on my audio recorders while I'm there in person and I just never heard it. But hmm. you hear it on the recorder. So you know I can't explain it. Let's uh let's play some more some more sounds here. Let's see what we got up next. Sure. 
uh, that again, that was at rock camp uh, behind on this hill again, behind our camp. And, uh, and again, we didn't hear that in person, but on the recorder, you can hear it. But, Oh, wow. But as you can tell, that was a weird language, right? That's weird, man. And then you hear the, then you hear the knock afterward. And I've heard that many times. Like, you know, you hear that many times where you hear like a vocal and then a wood knock or vice versa. So do you think, do you think it's a a wood knock or, or maybe even a rock clack? It's hard to tell. It could be a rock clack. Yeah. Let's listen Uh, again. It's a totally different language, man. Yeah. See, like, I wouldn't be able to make that sound, like, or no. even come up with that sound. Well, my Huda, it sounds like a native kind of a language. Oh, that's weird. Wow. And that's and that's the other thing too. Like, you know, I think a lot of people think that the Ron Moorhead sounds are going to be everywhere you record, and that's not the, it, you know, like every every language you record is going to be like Ron Moorheads, and that's not the case here. I think if if we're dealing with the Sasquatch, maybe it's a different type of Sasquatch or. Hmm you know, a different tribe of them that they're not all going to have the samurai chatter and things like that. You know? um, could be just a different tribe with a different um, kind of language. That's fascinating. So, yeah. All right. Let's see what we got here. Okay. okay, so that was recorded at California camp, and I was around midnight, and I was up at um, I was I was up with another Bigfoot researcher, and we were just talking at, at at the fire, and all of a sudden that thing just popped off behind us, way in the woods, behind Whoa. our camp in the woods, but it was pretty damn close, <laughs> and uh, and again like that, it was even louder. That was even louder in person, but that thing just popped off right behind us, and then that was it. No other, no other vocals or anything like that. I was for certain. I was like, he's going to say that that was him. But no, that's a sound that you capture. And it sounds really close to your camp, too. Yeah, it does. It sounds like it was right in the woods there, probably watching Whoa. us. But it, that came from where California camp is more like a slope. It's like um, it kind of slopes up into another hill. But you can actually camp up on this hill as well. But where we were, where I was with this other Bigfoot researcher, we were at this campfire um, towards the entrance of the camp. And then this thing, wherever it was, came from the hill, you know, up behind us, behind our camp in the woods. And it was, like I said, it was very close and very loud. So wherever it was, was right there. And it has a really, like even Alex mentioned on his show, its lung capacity is crazy. And it carries, like that sound carries too. So no, that that wasn't me or anybody. Everybody else was asleep. The way so. that I'm interpreting it, or does it almost sound like it has like a female tone to it? Yes. Or that's maybe, right. Yes. It, or maybe a yeah. ju- juvenile, maybe a female. True, or yeah, juvenile. That, that's a good point. Yeah. It's just, it's really weird. I'm going to play it one more time. Well, that would mess with me, man. There's no campers behind us there, so um, I don't think it would. I personally don't think it was another camper. Um, you know, it, there is a road next to California Camp, but there was no, as far as I remember, there's no campers around us at that point. So, 
and everybody else in our camp was asleep. It was just me and this other Bigfoot researcher at the campfire. Nothing just popped off, and only did it once. No other vocals wow. were heard that night, but oh, that was man. it. And he he immediately said, "That's a Bigfoot." As soon as he heard it, he, he said, <laughs> "He said that's a Bigfoot." Like absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, um, that re- that really freaked me out though, hearing that in person because you know you don't expect that. It just happens out of nowhere. Um, so yeah. <sighs> Uh, I saved what I feel is my favorite for last. Uh, If I had heard this, I would probably, I don't know what I would do. I would probably been like, pack the bags, because if we stick around here, we're just going to get taken out. But I'll play a little, because it's a long clip, but I'll play uh, a few minutes of it here and then i'll have you talk about it so okay That went on for 30 minutes straight. Yeah, that's it's hard to explain, but that's the only clip that I almost had a feeling of. I don't know if dread is too over, like it just makes it affects you when you hear it. And it's hard for me to explain. And I can't imagine hearing that in real life. Dude, it was like I said, the, the, the recorder doesn't do it justice. It was incredibly loud. Um, I, I have you ever heard the Snohomish recordings from the seventies before? Um, there, there's some sounds where, in those recordings that are sound sound very similar to that. It, the who are they, rela- who are they with again? I forget who there was. A, I forget who the woman's name was, but she was near a rock quarry, and these were coming from a rock quarry in Snohomish, Washington. Okay, I, I know I've heard the name, but I can't think of what they sound like. So I'm going to have to uh, look that up later. Yeah, look that up later. But there's some what's called the whoop howl. And uh, okay. immediately, as soon as I heard this in person, I said, wow, that sounds just like the Snohomish stuff. Now, I'm not saying that's the Snohomish recording. I'm just saying whatever that is sounds similar to that, you know, the whoop howl. And like I said, the, when you hear that sound, it does sound like like something dread, you know, something you would dread and run away from mm. like a male, you know, that's a, that's a male yelling, possibly a male, a male Sasquatch. And do you think there were multiples in there or yeah. just one? Yeah. I, throughout the whole recording, like you'll hear, you know, different types of voices, like, you know, possible female voices, maybe juvenile voices. It's like a whole chorus of them. And they were coming from different spots too. It wasn't just one spot. It was like different spots from around the whole area there. Wow. Uh, and again, this was at two o'clock in the morning. And, oh, man. 
It went on for 30 minutes straight. There was no breaks in between, basically. So, you know, if it was a human doing this, why the hell would they be doing that for 30 minutes and with that kind of lung capacity and with that many, you know, yeah, possibly point. many individuals as well? And I, you know, I've never heard, I've never heard a, a vocal, you know, I've never heard anything like that before. Besides that Wupal stuff in the beginning, I've never heard the rest of the chorus stuff before. So um, again, if it was humans, why are they doing that two o'clock in the morning for thirty minutes? I mean, they didn't. They didn't even stop. They, you know, if there are people call blasting, they didn't stop for a response. They just get. It just keeps going. Which is so, that would be weird, right? Yeah, there's right. no. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, right. Yeah, the chorus stuff is weird because it's like I've heard other recordings that are similar to that from the Pacific Northwest, like the chorus thing. Yeah. But like yours is very unique as well. And man, so you you woke up at 2 a.m. and you heard that live. Yeah. The, well, that first call, you heard, that, that first thing woke me up because it's so freaking loud. Wow. Yeah, when you hear that, rawr, you know, when you hear that thing, man, like that roar kind of sound, like that, that wakes, that woke me up out of my sleep. Oh my yeah. goodness! And unfortunately, my mother, my mother couldn't hear that in person. I kept, you know, that's why I have that. That's why I had that sixty-minute version one that I played on Alex's show because I didn't want to have, you know, me and my mom talking while you hear that stuff going on. So that's why I had that edited version, you know, of just the sounds. I didn't wow. want my voice and her voice in it. And there's been some other Bigfoot researchers. I'll just say Dave Ellis has gotten sounds from there as well. That's kind of similar to that chorus sound. And oh, I've actually he's recorded himself. Yeah, you're saying? Yeah, he's recorded there before, oh, and wow. he's gotten some sounds from there. And in fact, some some friends of mine were there last year. Got something kind of similar to that in September. They recorded something kind of kind of similar to that. Um, a little bit ways down from California. It was further away from California, but uh, California camp, but they recorded something kind of similar to that. Um, wow. But, but again, like 30 minutes, man, like I, why would anybody do that for 30 minutes? You, they would blow out their vocal cords. If it was some, somebody. Absolutely. Something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. What time of year did that happen in? That was in July, July, 2020, okay. July 17th. So it was after, you know, obviously it was after 4th of July. So, um, you know, I, I, obviously people, I, I mean, that's the thing too. Like this, people, people do go to this lake and camp and stuff. I mean, there are people there around, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if the Sasquatch are comfortable with that or, or not. I mean, why, why would something mm. so elusive be making that sounds like that? That's, that's what makes me wonder. That's so weird. Are they that? are they that comfortable to make those kind of sounds, you know, and, and, and for that loud, you know, being that loud too. So, but maybe the Sasquatch are comfortable there. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. Have you had people analyze uh, your, your sound, especially that clip there? Like people like David Ellis. Yeah. Dave, Dave Ellis and Chris Spencer and Monongahela have all looked at it and, um, you know, Dave Ellis and Chris Spencer say uh, it, it's not it's, it's wherever it is comes from a living thing. It, it's not, you know, mm. it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They think it's from a living subject. And, and I guess Monongahela agrees with that, but he, he made the, he made the comment. I, I wish the uh, audio was closer to the subjects, but I do too, but you know, I couldn't help that. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good point. 
but they oh, yeah, but they both but stuff. they did say they think it comes from a natural you know source it's not fabricated gotcha. and, and and you know for the record i'm not hoaxing anything here like i'm just putting my recorder out there capturing sound so i'm not hoaxing anything yeah i mean <laughs> you're you're camping out and having a recorder uh doing some doing some wood knocks doing some sounds yourselves at times you're just capturing yeah. the audio you know i am i'm just putting my recorders out there and letting them run just like other wow. researchers are doing i i'm doing nothing different really <laughs> let's uh i got a few questions for you about uh about recording audio and, and hopefully you know people sure. can listeners can can get some you know really solid advice from this um so when it comes to, let's say you have someone, they're going out in the field, um, and it's their first time where they're going to try to record audio, right, of, of a Bigfoot. What are the the absolute, like, what's the, the necessity, the, the must-know advice about recording audio out in the wild? Well, for one thing is uh, I keep my audio recorders in plastic bags um, to keep from moisture and, you know, condensation, you know, like obviously it rains a lot here in the Pacific Northwest. So I try to keep them covered mm. as much as I can. And I put them on bungee cords and I strap them to trees and such and just let them run. And sometimes I'll hide, I'll put moss on them too, to try to hide them and, and, and maybe put some different smells on it. Cause here's the thing, like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I've had bears grab my recorders and, chew them the bits or carry them off somewhere right now you know i've lost recorders based on that so i actually try to hide them with moss and put some different sound you know scents on them so hopefully a bear won't sniff them out but i think a bear is gonna i think a bear is attracted to the batteries i've heard that before that there's something i've heard that as well yep that there's something that they're attracted to so um just be aware of that you know if you put in a battery operated operated device out there like even game cameras i think they've done that with game cameras as well uh, and I, so going back to the recorders, I mean, I just, what I like to do is, as I mentioned with rock camp, I like to put them around, say that you're at a campsite. Mm-hmm. I like to go around the campsite, but not too close to it, but just far enough to maybe where something can just watch you. And I like to put, you know, kind of put auto recorders in different spots, you know, like say one part of this hill and another part of the hill over here, kind of like surrounding the campsite, but not too close to it. Just in case you might get something coming in and watching you, I like to do that. And right. as far as me, and, and you know, there's there's also times where I just go to a research area and I'll just leave a recorder out, like on a stump, high up on on a stump or on a or on a on a hill or something like that, kind of high up, because I I I think the Sasquatch like to be in high places. So um, absolutely, they may, yeah. They may come up and yeah. they may come up and down a hill, up and down a hill. So I try to keep them up high a little bit just in case, you know, they might, they might walk by it, but you know, I, I'm really doing nothing special with these recorders. I'm just putting them out on trees and such and hmm. making, making sure they're covered. And, and, you know, I, I try to look for areas, uh, you know, I try to look for spots where there's water, like a lake or something. Okay. And then maybe like there's a ridge you can walk up or something, you know, like high, a high, sure. a high hill or high spot where I think the Sasquatch might come up and down that hill to the water or to get, maybe some kind of food source like a deer or something. That's how I think, you know, these guys are operating. So 
so going back to like camping, you know, like if you have a high spot behind you, right? Possibility of Sasquatch might be going up and down that hill, that mountain to watch you. So, and that's another thing too. I I like the idea of bringing them in as opposed to going out after them. I think you might have more better luck in capturing audio that way if you bring them in. What if your camp was on the high spot? I did, it's just a random thought. No, that's a good idea. Yeah, if you could find a spot where you can camp up high, maybe. But I think the Sasquatch like that kind of cover idea. You know, they kind of like the idea of being able to have some cover. Right. And maybe they kind of, they might, strategically, they might like to be up high to watch you. Um, mm. I'll, I'll just say, I'll just quickly talk about a, a quick thing that happened. And I think I sent you the audio of this too. But in one of my research areas, me and my mother put up a plot watcher in this little gully. Like uh, it's kind of like a just like a just like a hill you can climb up um, that overlooks mm-hmm. a, like a little gully, and I believe we, I believe I've seen some foot traffic um, near where we put this pot watcher on this tree, and up above us there's like a stump. This is like thirty yards away. There's a stump, and one time I put a recorder up there running on top of the stump that's like thirty yards away up above us, and down below my mother and I we're putting up this plot watcher. And then when I went home and listened to the recorder, I heard some possible speech and chatter on the recorder as if possible Sasquatch might've come in and watched us put up that plot watcher. And um, I have that, I I put that in your files. I think it's called Bigfoot Close to the Recorder. Um, But you hear some voices talking to each other and it's not me or my mom. So I don't know what the heck it is. Oh, wow. but that's the thing. I think I think in some instances the Sasquatch might be watching people put up game cameras and, and things like that. And they might be up they might be up high too, you know, where you can't see them. So they might be in a strategic place watching you. Mm. But you know, I, I'm not saying that's always the case, but I think in some cases maybe that's what's happening and that's maybe that's why people aren't getting things on their game cameras because they're being watched. Oh sure. As well. Do you have a uh specific um recorder model that you use yeah i would see if see if i can get it out here well kind of a mess but i'll I'll just show you one of the i'll show you one of my new ones this is a uh it's it yeah this is this is Kind of expensive, but it this is the kind of recorder um, that I use. It's like a it's a Sony PCM recorder, PCM D10. This is one of my new recorders I've got, and uh, it, it you know it, it has two microphones on top, okay. and it's it's pretty hefty. But uh, it will record. This will record for eight hours, and uh, wow. And what it, and like I said, what I do is I just put it in a bag, and I just put these on. You know put these on a tree or something, have them sticking out towards the forest away from camp. And I just have them record overnight. And yeah. Yeah. That's a, there you go. It's a whole night. Do you have to, uh, when you're setting up a recorder for the first time to use for Bigfoot, uh, audio recording, do you want to make sure that you do any specific settings a certain way or, um, well, that's the thing. Like, 
I know there's some filter settings, you know, like noise filter settings, but I re I actually don't even use those. I just I, okay. I use a I use a I use Adobe Audition for my audio um, you oh, know, sure. my audio editing. So I just use that, you know, if I need to bring down the noise on something. Uh, but no, honestly, I really I just I just make sure I set the I set the parameters on this thing so it doesn't overpeak. Obviously, you have to set them, you know, you have to set the speakers to a setting where it doesn't go into the red all the time because that's where it, you know that's where it peaks gotcha. and you get that real crappy audio. Other than that, man, like I just let it run, and you know I let it run on on normal play, not on long play, because long play will give you really bad audio. Just let it run normally, okay. and yeah, and you know records like this will only run for like eight hours because the batteries, you know, it, it, it eats up batteries pretty quickly. So um, there are other smaller recorders. Oh, let's see, can I get one? Well. I'm not the most prepared showing you recorders, but anyway, well, you can cut this part out. But there's small recorders that I use that will actually record for at least a day or two, like 24 to 48 hours. Small oh, wow. <clears throat> so I use those as well. I don't always use these big guys. Um, I like to use this big guy when I'm camping out, mm -hmm. like at Bumping Lake, for example. But if mm -hmm. I'm just going to a research area, I'll leave out these little small digital recorders and just leave them on trees for a few days or even a week or you know even a couple of weeks even if they run out of batteries i'll just you know after a week or two i'll just go back and grab them and listen to gotcha. whatever couple of nights that, that are on there so that is interesting but what parabolic is the, uh, oh yeah para, yeah parabolics but i i gotta say though like definitely if people are gonna be doing audio recording try to get a parabolic dish because like <laughs> the voice quality is amazing on those things and They'll pick, they'll pick up things even even further away, and so I and I I've had pretty decent success with it too. So I recommend people try to get a, a set a, not satellite a parabolic dish to use when audio recording. So you can use that with an audio recorder because I, I I've when I've seen oh, yeah. that used it's for live monitoring right, but you can use it for recording. You're saying? Oh yeah, yeah. You could strap a, a oh, dish. Wow a dish to a tree and you have it, you can have it plugged into one of these guys. Wow. And you just have a recording. Yep. That's what I've been doing. Oh, man. I've been doing that with this and, 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 uh, and with a task cam, but that's my other big recorder is called a task cam. Yeah. You can hook them up to these things and they'll record whatever's on the, you know, from the dish. That feed. How much longer, how much longer do you think you're able to go up out, uh, roughly with it? parabolic attached to it uh, well that's a well that's the thing like the cord on the parabolic at least the one that i have doesn't go very far so you have to you have to keep these close together like what i usually do is i, I I'll, I'll tie both of these to a tree like i'll have i'll have the parabolic dish facing out on one side of the tree and then i'll have this guy on the back of it and i'll bungee cord both of them together and have them you know have this recording uh, both of them. Sorry, I, I said time. that question not okay. good at all. What I meant to say was, um, so let's let's imagine with a regular recorder, you're able to capture like a mile out of sound. Oh, How yeah. much further out do you think you're able to capture if you've got a parabolic mic in the mix? Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I miss. I'm totally misheard or misinterpreted. Uh, maybe well i don't i i don't know if these will record a mile out maybe but yeah maybe double that 
I'm not the best wow, with okay. distance, man, but maybe double that. Especially gotcha. depending on especially especially the how big the dish is, you know, how big of a dish you're working and how much sound mm. it can funnel and pick up. Gotcha, gotcha. Too. Very interesting. That's the thing. Like uh there's I've used this before. This is like oh, a forty dollar okay. one you can get on Amazon. Yeah. Oh nice. Uh, you can you can actually this is like for birds, but you can actually take this out and record with it as well. Um, but the other dish that I work it, it, that I have is bigger than this. But this is just a little small example of something. You can okay. Use. You just have to you have to click in the trigger for it to record, but you can still hear it. It, it still captures pretty well. Pretty pretty good audio. Are you of the mindset that you start recording right when you get to the campsite, or when do you usually start your uh, your recording? Well, when I'm camping, I I like to wait till it gets dark, and I, I and a lot of times I even I even try to put them out as it's, it's getting dark, and I that's the thing I'll, I'll walk up the hill when it's dark out and I'll just put a recorder up there with a flashlight or something you know with a headlamp or a flashlight I'll just go up on the hill and put a recorder out even when it's dark, but uh, mm -hmm. I believe we get I get. I, I believe we get most activity during the night and as we're at the campfire. So I like to put them out right, you know, right as we're going to the campfire for the night and I just let them run all night. And then I go back in the morning and pick them up. You know, if I'm, if, if I'm camping there, I just pick them up in the morning. Have you ever considered doing a, um, long-term field recording unit? Uh, and I don't know if you'd be able to put it, in the area out there um i've talked to chris spencer about units like that before right yeah with chris's unit there uh yeah i i, I would love that's something i'd love to try i don't have one but i would be interested in trying that out but the, the other thing is you know going through audio is a heck of a process like you have to sit it there really and listen is. To, <laughs> you have to sit there and listen to hours and hours of audio so that, that's why it's i kind of like that's why it was some of my recordings. I like to just go at night and then I can get through the night possibly. And you know, I obviously if you have a spectrogram or a graph, you can see these little spikes and hopefully you'll, you know, you can just zero in on that and go, Oh, that could be a possible sound. But exactly. that's, the other, that's the other yep. thing. There's, there's been sounds that I, the audio that the recorder picks up, but when you look at them on a spectrograph, they're really low. You know, they don't oh, always man. show up as like big spikes or anything. You actually have to really listen for it like little blips and things like that because they're not always going to be real loud so um that's another thing i want to bring up is that you know if you're looking on a spectrograph don't always look for the big waves because you got to get stuff in between that or even down below where it gets kind of no you know where the noise is too you have to really look for these little red these little orange bumps and things like that in between oh interesting there's others there's some other sounds going on man it's not always like these big you know wavelengths so you know, like with speech, you... for example. Okay, okay. For like speech sounds, you know, as opposed to like howls and stuff, you get yeah. like little blips of things. Or like the zipper sound, that zipper sound that we were going through earlier, those yeah. don't go like this. They're like little no. little things on the spectrogram no. you got to look for. Yeah, you could easily so, overlook that if you were just going by spectrogram. Yeah. It, yeah. Or if you're not listening for it, you know, you're just going to, you might overlook it because you're not, you know, looking for the big you know, the big wave points on there. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man, Tristan, this has been a very, very interesting uh, discussion. 
And thank you for sharing your audio with me and my listeners. That was cool. Oh yeah, man. Totally. Very cool. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. I yeah, uh, I recommend people just going out there and recording as much as they can if they're gonna be researching. That's all I can I mean, that's all I'm doing. I'm nobody special doing this. I'm just putting my, my audio recorders out there and hopefully it captures something, but you don't always do go. that. You know, you don't always get something on audio. So hopefully uh, we'll be checking in with you in the future. And who knows? Yeah. Who knows what will come out of bumping Lake next. It's especially maybe even if you camp up and on the hill, We'll see if that happens or not, but you know, um, that would be a wild adventure, but, um, or any last thoughts before we, uh, we close out the night? Well, I, you know, just in general, like even what I mentioned in Tate's documentary, like, you know, when you go squatching, you're not always going to get, you're not, you're not always going to have something happen. You know, Mm. it's not like what you see on the entertainment shows, like expedition Bigfoot or something, for example, right. You're not always going to have something happen to you. So I just, I just want people to understand that, you know, it's the reality is, is that not a lot happens when you're going out there. And, you know, I've had so many hours of recordings where I have nothing on them. So it's not like, it's not Mm -hmm. like every time I go out there, I get something, but Hey, if you're in the right spot, yeah, sure. Maybe you'll get something, but don't always expect to get, you know, audio or anything or, you know, audio or other kinds of evidence every time you go out squashing it. Cause that's really, that's just the reality of it, in my opinion. And, um, so I just want people to know that, you know, the reality of Bigfooting is that not a lot happens. And sometimes you get lucky, you know, sometimes you get something, but it's not like what you see on TV. Exactly. Uh, and if you don't, if you do go out and you don't get anything, stick with it, try again, try again, and eventually you'll get lucky. Um how can people uh is there any ways that people can keep up to date with what you're doing tristan or 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 uh, contact you or anything like that or is it a thing where you kind of keep under the radar yeah well, the thing is like i i don't post my stuff publicly i mean i'm happy okay. to share them like on podcasts like with you or you know yes yeah, sure. you know anybody honest honestly but yeah i don't have, i have a youtube page but that's not dedicated to sasquatch it's that's just, okay more other stuff but if people want to reach me they can go on facebook i'm on uh, tristan yolton um they can contact sure. me there message me there and i can talk to i'll be happy to talk to them about anything and um but yeah i mean you know if i get anything new i'll contact you know you or you know somebody else about it and you know oh yeah absolutely i'd be happy to, be happy yeah. to share them i'm happy to share the, yeah. share my stuff with anybody i mean there's nothing to hide <laughs> cool so yeah so there, there you have it. It's one of those interviews where uh, if you see if you see the name Tristan Yolton pop up in a podcast, you know it's going to be something good. So make sure you, if it's not on Bigfoot Society, it's something else. Listen to that one too. But uh, Tristan, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a uh, a really uh, fun and also uh, learned a lot about audio recorders. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I had a great time.
Thank you for listening to Bigfoot Society. If you like the show, please review and rate it five stars on iTunes. Hit the share button and send this episode to all your friends on social media. Subscribe to Bigfoot Society wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't cost a thing. Pick up a Bigfoot Society shirt or enamel pin over on our Etsy page and people will tell you all about their Bigfoot sightings when you wear it. At least that's what people tell us. That's what happens. If you'd like to become an official member of Bigfoot Society with a membership card, a community of like-minded individuals, and extra content each month, then please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Thanks for listening.